five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the sweet and sultry voice that is going to be given a run for his money, joined virtually by Sam at another Sam Chan and Omni at Omni Strife. Welcome, gentlemen, to our second ever live show. How goes it? Pretty good, pretty good. Excited to actually preview uh titans matches this week but we've been burnt before i'm not i don't want to jinx it we we have some curses flying about as is so how's your week been going it's going okay apparently apparently my voice has dropped (laughs) yeah well puberty let the the rumors begin it comes and goes i guess like you every so often it sounds like normal sam and then it sounds like sultry sam just gotta match him it's not a symptom right your voice going lower uh i don't know i would say you you inhaled helium but that goes the other way right yeah what is the reverse helium helium. or is it all your guys headphones somebody leave a comment in chat is my voice actually lower it is. It is. There's no way that Omni and I are hearing your voice lower, and it doesn't actually exist lower. I mean, we're going to hear about this on uh, the podcast. And again, for those tuning into the podcast, but not watching us stream live on Twitch, Mixer, Facebook, YouTube, we're on Periscope. That's how big we are. We are streaming again this week. Uh, just as an aside, we will not have a live stream next week. That is unfortunately due to a scheduling issue. Uh, we're going to be adjusting the time at which we record, but uh, this is something I think we're going to continue to do, you know, more often than not. Uh, it's relatively easy uh, for us. And as you can see, we're, we're pretty much professionals now, right? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't been, you know, partnered on all the platforms and yeah. just, just waiting for Riot again. to hit us up. Yeah. It's a little hard to, uh, you know, compete with Valorant right now, but, <laughs> but I'm happy. Yeah, but I'm happy that like even people in submarines apparently can listen to us, right? Periscopes that that's the term that's, for that. That's totally. It's the uh, you know submariner uh, you know broadcast <laughs> stream. The uh, the riot comment though, Sam. You you asked on uh, on social uh, earlier today. We record on Tuesday. This goes live on Wednesday. But uh, you had asked what would happen first. You'll get a drop for Valorant, or you'll get yourself a switch. So, how are we doing on that front? You got a drop yet? Literally, literally, the reason we are eight minutes late is because I was on Amazon buying a Switch. Shout out to my boy DP for hooking me up with the link. Uh, I will get one sometime this year, whenever shipping happens. But I am very grateful. So, but does that mean that you have one? Like, if you get a Valorant drop, like, right now, did that Mm. come first? I... Yeah, I think until I have it in hand and my wife is playing Animal Crossing, it still counts. So there's still time, right? You know, you can still get in our good books. Man, I'm just praying for the shipping gods to deliver Final Fantasy VII Remake on time. It probably won't. Oh, I, I got the email from Amazon telling me it's going to be delayed due to yeah. 
current yeah, circumstances. everything going on. Mm-hmm. I yeah, got so, Best Buy, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Yeah, the. I mean, I, I'm just going to presume that everything is is going to be behind. Like, I'm I'm actually uh, completely not gaming related. I ordered an espresso, and it's sitting in Richmond and has been sitting at uh, the UPS depot. Sorry, you ordered an espresso or you ordered an espresso machine? Nespresso machine. Nespresso. Like a Nespresso. I'm like, you ordered a coffee that's just sitting at the depot? (laughs) Yeah, instead of doing like, you know, DoorDash, I used UPS's food delivery service. It got shipped from Ontario. It's going to be real fresh. (laughs) No, a Nespresso machine. So, I mean, yeah, things are are all tied up. Hey, something's got to keep me wired for these Vancouver games that we're going to be watching. Yeah, exactly. We're going to... We're going to get into it in this episode again for the the very first time in for I don't know how long we're previewing a Vancouver Titans match and hoping that it actually takes place. So we're going to get into that in the payload, actual Titans previews. I, I don't even know what to say, like who plays on the Titans anymore. I don't know. So hopefully the two of you remember. And then uh, as far as the rest of the league is concerned, we're going to be talking a little bit about the week that was, the week that will be uh, some news in the world of the Overwatch League itself. We have a new patch out with the game uh, and a slight schedule adjustment that took place, which is why we're still sort of kind of like, yeah, we're pretty sure things will happen, but uh, not entirely sure. So, you know, let's not uh, beat around the bush too much longer and let's uh, get ourselves into the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Our Vancouver Titans are scheduled to play twice this weekend. It being week 10, they haven't played since, what, week 2, I think, if memory serves me correct. It's been a while. But uh, the Vancouver Titans are scheduled to play the charge on Saturday at 3 a.m. Pacific. That is Saturday, April 11th, 3 a.m. Pacific. And then again on Sunday against the Hunters at 1 a.m. Pacific, Sunday, April 12th at 1 a.m. Now... I alluded to the fact that I'm going to have to highly caffeinate myself there uh, to either one, stay up late, or in turn, wake myself up to watch. But before we actually do a preview, um, have you guys given any thought as to what you're going to do to approach the matches uh, this weekend? Like, are you going to stay up, watch that 3 a.m. match, then go to bed? Or are you going to maybe catch a few Zs, get up a little bit early, and then go back to bed? Or are you just going to go and, you know, YOLO this over the course of the weekend? Uh, well, I addressed that question. I think you have some audio issues and some people in chat can't really hear you, Chris. Uh, oh. So after that, um, how am I going to approach these games? I think the game that uh, will be played at 1 a.m., I'll just wait for it because 1 a.m. is just like, well, we normally go to sleep around midnight as is. But for the that one on, on 3 at 3 a.m., I think it's just a morning game, not really a night game. So I just might set up the alarm to wake up at 2.45 and watch it and just get back to work when I wake up because my work starts at around, I don't know, 7. It's a, Saturday. It's a Friday, it's Saturday weird. morning, right? Weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, Friday night, Saturday morning. So 100%, I'm going to just wake up for the 3 a.m. game. Uh, but that 1 a.m., I'm just going to wait, wait for it. So I actually test drove the whole China game live system this weekend, and I tried to stay up. And um, the first game, the 1 a.m. is fine. It's totally fine. Um, obviously, you're a little bit tired. The The caster is a little bit tired, but it's very doable. 3 a.m. is not doable. Like, by that point, you either don't care hallucinating or both. Um, 
So, so for sure, I think I will just kind of break my bad habit of checking my phone first thing in the morning, uh, all phones off, Discord off, and watch the VOD in the morning. If it was like a, another team's game, I would fall asleep for sure. But since it's the Titans, I'll be into it. Uh, I don't think there'll be any problems. See, the, the struggle for me, and I'm hoping that those on the live stream can hear me now. I did a little to conf- reconfiguration. I am positive you listening to the podcast will be able to hear me tomorrow. But uh, the thing that uh, is going to be difficult for me is that 3 a.m. Because it, it, it puts me in this position where if I stay up late to watch it, I'm then going to... Uh, bed afterwards and in turn, you know, hoping beyond hope that I can actually get enough sleep so that I can then function Saturday and going into staying up late to watch the Sunday match. I have this, you know, variable called uh, baby force that, you know, soon to be three-year-old daughter of mine who does not understand that daddy needs to stay up late and possibly then sleep in. So again, this, this is going to be a, a struggle and, uh, I guess the new reality, I'm, I'm going to hope that the Titans play more of these 1 a.m. matches than they do on the 3 a.m. side. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it would have been easier if Monday, you know, was the holiday. I, you know, this is a, the Easter weekend. And for many of us, we might get Good Friday off, but we don't necessarily get Easter Monday off. So we don't have that recovery day. Yeah. Anywho. I think it's a good time to invest in a TV in the bedroom because we just have one in the living room. Never had a reason for uh, one in the bedroom, but maybe now will be at the time. I can't. My cat will probably wake me up at three. That's around the time where he just hops into bed and starts walking around uh, on my back, on my face. <laughs> See how that goes. But uh, I'm genuinely curious, uh, those of you who are watching the stream right now and those of you tuning into the podcast uh, a little bit later, how is it that you're going to approach these weekend games for those of us, at least in North America? I know for uh, anyone who might be in Asia, it's a little bit easier, obviously. And if you're in Europe, probably not in too bad. I, I you know, think that there is the ability to then just get up uh, pretty early in the morning and watch. But Genuinely curious. How are you approaching the uh, the Vancouver Titans? Are you going to do what Sam was thinking? Maybe do the VOD? Or are you going to do what Omni and I possibly are going to be doing, which is staying up late? Now, enough of what we're going to be doing as far as watching the Vancouver Titans. Let's actually talk about the matches. So the Vancouver Titans are going to face off against the Guangzhou Charge. And I can't say I know a lot about the Charge. I did not stay up late this past weekend to watch them. Um, Sam, did, was that one of the matches you caught? I know you were up, was it Sunday or was it Saturday? I mean, the, Honestly, the, was the way the game shifted. So like, like days are a social construct. So, so I, I'm not trying to be funny. I legitimately don't know which day it was. Plus it's the same four teams that were playing both days. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit confusing, but it was, it, I, I want to say it was Friday night or Saturday night. What? It would have Something been Saturday like night, yeah. Saturday night. Um, but but yeah, like there there was a couple of people on on uh Titans Core just just watching away. It was it was kind of fun. It's got tiring real quick, but mm-hmm. I think I think it's gonna be a lot different when when the Titans are playing. I think it's it's actually gonna take time for me to get used to caring about the results of a match again. I think just kind of rolling through that in my brain is is a little bit of foreign concept right now. Just mm-hmm. You know, you know. Obviously, whenever we watch a match, there's a team we kind of want to win. But if they don't, it's it's no big deal. Um, life goes on. But the, there's a little bit more punch to it when when the Titans are down or when the Titans are up. 
Um, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having feelings again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, you got that stone heart thing now. You just wanted to crack open. Yeah, yeah I did watch those games. Uh, not in during the night. I just whenever I woke up uh, during, I think it was Sunday and and not the one on Monday, but the ones that are there that are played. Yeah, the Saturday I, to Sunday. Yeah. Morning watch of the breakfast. Uh, there's a few things that we need to address here. I don't think watching this week's games could be predictors to what we're going to see, uh, for the Titans matches, because first of all, the compositions will be different, uh, compositions as they look now with the hero bands, we might be looking in a Ryan Zarya meta McCree may for sure. Most of the games, uh, and Lucio Moura, which was played heavily, even though, uh, even though Anna wasn't banned yet, she that was like the the, the biggest uh, uh, pair we saw, uh, but we will see some weird map picks like Torbjorn, who's suddenly really really strong. We'll definitely see a ball for the first game when we play uh, the second game. I meant when uh, Hunters they didn't really look that good without Among playing his uh, you know signature hero. Doomfist will obviously be played. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Brig a little bit. Genji might play a big of Hacksaw. I didn't make a mistake there. I, I still think that Genji is a Hacksaw main. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. Uh, the big thing, if you did watch these games, it seemed like the Chinese teams are really adamant on running that Reaper Sombra uh, composition, which now they can't really play. Sombra is out of the picture. So I think it'll be for, for them, it'll be a little bit tougher to adjust because it seemed like their bread and butter throughout this week for us mm-hmm. who knows what the bread and butter for us is really now because we haven't played in, in in so long um if we are talking about the charge a little bit we're going to talk maybe a little touch those games a little bit uh, uh later but it seems like this week they played a bit better it, it looks like uh when nero plays with with the eileen uh, they do have a little bit better synergy than when he plays with Happy and and this week they pro- we're gonna probably see Happy more because Happy is their hit skin specialist and we might see that Widow or McCree come out so I- I'm confident as to our chances against both teams they didn't really impress me that much I think the the best team out of the Chinese teams is Shanghai it was kind of like a rock paper scissors for a while there but it looks like Shanghai is starting no, to yeah they're find- better they're better by a mile uh, yeah well. With the small, smaller sample size, it does look like that. And, and Guangzhou is probably the better uh, pick, uh, the better team if you compare them to, to, to the Hunters. But with the Hunters playing uh, Hammond, who knows, right? They can definitely uh, throw a curveball. And, and hopefully the Titans are now set with without any jet lag or, or maybe that much rust. Even though like I was happy to see today... Uh, Outside of all the Valorant play uh, players on Twitch, you could see Fisher just grinding, <laughs> grinding and playing Overwatch all day. So that kind of made me happy. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to those matches. Yeah. Well, speaking of Fisher grinding Overwatch, he must have, uh, you know, needed to warm himself up on a little Animal Crossing, get himself all pissed off at Tom Nook, and then taking it out on the yeah the, the more in, in OW. Yeah. The so. I, again, I, I did not stay up late uh, to watch those matches, and uh, I'm actually surprised here. There was little Torb action in Asia, because there was a ton of Torb. In NA, a in lot. NA. A lot. Oof. It, it was definitely interesting. So, 
The thing is, with McCree and May, I don't think it'll be like so much Torb like we saw this week. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to see how good of a pick he is because he always was like treated as this meme character who only like players in in bronze and 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 silver and gold play. But when you see players like top 500 players with that incredible mechanics and, and the backup from them teammates he, that character can wreak a lot of havoc so unless you're a dk you cannot really stop a torb apparently just from watching this week uh yeah, yeah. We'll, well, i was gonna say i mean i've never seen so many hammer kills before <laughs> and you, you could tell they're like they're yeah. totally gonna go full hammer um what was it um the was cory and uh, who was it that was going at it? Um, it was definitely against Dallas. Uh, Note was killed like five times. With well, no, with, yeah. it was like Torb versus Torb, and in chat, oh, they were yeah, just yeah, going yeah. at it. was Corey and who was it with a fusion that was playing Torb? Um, mm. Gosh, I can't remember. Anyway, Carpey? Might have been Carpey. I just know, you know, Torb is, Torb is my new, you know, second favorite. I actually think, I'm or I'm predicting, there's actually going to be more Far Mercy. Because it definitely with the hunters, because I I called it out on chat at the time, like Jinmu's best Jinmu's best really character by far is the Farah, and mm-hmm. to hell with the meta, he should just play Farah anyway. Um, but I think I think for whatever reason, China doesn't seem like I mean it would be China. I mean the region, they don't seem to like to play Torb, and a lot of Torb play was the counter tracer in the Sombra. They'd rather mirror um, from from you know just watching those couple games. So I feel like we're going to see see far far mercy actually. Hmm. Um as an alternative to to what we just talked about with Widow. I think so because normally you'd see a strong counter on the opposing team with a McCree or or Widow which we don't really have I well, stitch. Yeah, but how much did he play the McCree even when we saw McCree? He did have some good showings. Well, we did have we we played just two games so well, I mean, we, we, we obviously don't know. Like, we could see Stitch coming in as a soldier. I mean, we've, we've seen him, you know, last sure. year where the thought would be that, oh, you know, he'll be the the McCree, the Widow, uh, the Hanzo. And, Tracer is also viable. Yeah. Right? Like, they're, they're, I mean, I'm, if, if we see a pharmacy, though, I, mean, I think that's where soldier makes more sense than a, right. you know, a, a Tracer does. But, uh, you know, looking at, at these two matches, I mean, we know very little about the Vancouver Titans because it hasn't been, you know, <laughs> a short time since they last played. Um, if we rely on uh, like reinforcing his power rankings, still got the Vancouver Titans at the top though. In this latest edition, uh, he prefaced it by saying, "Oh, they don't move because they've not played." Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about this Guangzhou Charge match. Do the Vancouver Titans win this one? Do they win it easily, or is this a matchup that we should be concerned about? I'm going to call this a close three-one. Okay, for the Titans? Yeah. Okay, I'm going 3-1-2. Yeah, but it, it, even the maps we win, they're not going to be easy, in my opinion. It's just that rust and just the nature of the games right now with the hero pools. A lot of fights are really determined by these split-second decisions or just by uh, someone popping off. So I can mm-hmm. see, like, our... Uh, I can see Fisher clutch out a lot of these fights. Maybe our support duo, maybe Paxel. Uh, I, I feel like we have a little bit more... Uh, talent spread out across the the, the six player uh, lineups that we can put up but it's going to be a, a difficult match where our uh, heart rate is going to go up for sure sam 
Yeah, no, 3-1 for me too, but I I already mentioned it last week, but I really like Eileen on on the Soldier, actually. I think it comes down to a lot of of the battle of the non-Anas. So so Shu is known for being an Anna, Twilight's known for for being a pretty good Anna. So so it's how it comes down to how they adapt. And mm-hmm. I just I think Twilight and Ru Jehong and and Slime are a bit more flexible than than their support duo. But Rio's actually really impressed me on the Rhine so far. I didn't really think much of it, and he was actually pretty decent. Yeah, yeah um, Rong is good too. I'm gonna say three two. And it's not because I think the Vancouver Titans aren't, uh, and I, that's with the Titans win. It's not that the Vancouver Titans aren't the better team. It's just that they're they're going to be rusty. Like you could argue, well, both should be, but uh, the Charge have a weekend of play that the Vancouver Titans have not had in a long time. Um, and I, you know, I don't believe it's a fair argument to go and suggest that the Vancouver Titans, having played a few matches months ago, uh, are somehow warm and ready to go, whereas the, mm-hmm. the charge aren't. So I'm going to say Titans 3-2. That takes us to the next match in the weekend, which was the uh, Titans versus the Hunters. So is this a, an Omning Wrecking Ball special? Like, is that all we're going to see? Is it going to be just chaos from the well, Hunters? Yeah, I mean, they're now 1-3, but their games are so close. It, like, it, there's so much chaos that ensues, and, and every time that play, that that teams are trapped into playing th- that Chengdu style, it seems like they're bringing teams down to their. I don't want to say level in in a bad way, but in that chaotic approach, they don't seem to to beat Chengdu because they're they're so good at that. And I just want us to be, you know, um, show some show some. Uh, <sighs> discipline and not mm-hmm. like try to fall down to that trap and i think we'll be good but we did have some some weird matchups with chungu even during goats they 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 gave us a scare so well so that was when Ongling played uh ryan and right, titans, right. titans damn an answer but if if we think back to that that first matchup the vancouver titans had that one and then proceeded to i don't know tilt they they may got maybe got overconfident in their abilities and I think they allowed the Hunters then to get back into it. The fall subsequent match, yeah, not at all uh, a challenge. You know, so I, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest last year and this year I have any parallels, but mm-hmm. I feel that looking at these two rosters, I see this as being a much easier match. Um, I feel the Vancouver Titans have the the variety necessary with the the current bands to to adapt uh, as Sam had mentioned on the support line specifically sure i i think uh, the hunters can provide a little chaos up front but i still see that this is a in my mind a, a 3-1 win for the titans yeah. i agree like the only position where I, there might be some risk is um jinmu and haxal obviously it's a good matchup for for haxal but the whoever is going to play against leave it's going to be a tough matchup. But other than that, I agree. I don't think the Hunters are a good team, but I am predicting a Hunters 3-2 win. Wow. Um, they they are very crazy. That, right now. that should be clipped. Uh, I'm, I'm not liking this prediction, but predictions are predictions, and now I'll either look smart or look like an idiot, and that's the way the ball rolls. Uh, but I don't like the Far Mercy matchup. The the Titans have last season struggled against the Farah, 
and struggled against the Bastion, but I highly doubt we'll we'll see Bastion just for whatever reason. Um, and I think the hunters are almost impossible to prepare for because it kind of feels like they don't know what they're doing until like three minutes before the match. In the two games that they played last week, they changed the support line completely. They just they just rotated out. I don't know if it was like a three minutes on, three minutes off hockey shift thing, but but in that sense, it's it's just like I think I think the Titans might underprepare. I'm I'm making wild accusations by this point, but but it's it's possible, right? Just because he's like you don't know what you're going up against, you don't know what they're gonna play, then then just roll with talent. Um and the the Titans have the talent to pull it off, but I feel like they might actually end up tilting this. So so <laughs> three two three two hunters, there you go. Have at me. I would have gone for the one in one split for us. Uh, for this weekend only if it were still a sombra meta but because they are also like you know pushing at straws and not really sure what to play because the summer was so prominent and we had a history of not really performing well against that i think we're good with the duo we'll, well see i was gonna say like when stitch was playing sombra in mm-hmm. sort of the sombra goats meta that we saw last year Stitch came in and he acquitted himself well. Where the struggle was was when you had you know so and so playing uh, on the on the Sombra and, and right. they adapted. Yeah, was, Tom was not good. <laughs> so I'm very confident on Stitch on the Sombra if it was a head to head, but that's that's not the case in this one. Mm-hmm. Who's well, going to start for the Titans though? Uh, for what? For damage? For, for da- well, yeah, I think <laughs> who's going to start for tank? It's not going to be us, is it? <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, Sam, but so you bad. saw you saw that clip I dropped in top plays. You were there to witness it live. I'm yeah, like, but that's only when I'm ner- I, when I'm buffing you with the the late oh, nano. I got, <laughs> I got so much value out of that nano; it's phenomenal. Um, if you aren't sure what we're talking about right now, you need to go into Titans Core, check the top plays channel. You'll see a, a clip that I submitted, uh, and uh, it's uh, all sorts of good fun. But uh, before we uh, take ourselves a quick break and dive into the fray, I just want to point out that Sam hates the Titans. (laughs) That is not what the clip says. Please listen to the whole show. Um, But no, in in all seriousness, uh, you've been seeing this, for those of you in the live stream, some messages about Extra Life. But for those of you who are listening to this podcast, we talked about the Extra Life campaign near the end of last season, but it's a campaign that's close to my heart. Uh, the simple premise behind Extra Life is that you play games, you heal kids, but it's a, a fundraising campaign to raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals uh, in uh, Canada and the United States. And we at Territy Setpone are personally looking to support the BC Children's Hospital Foundation, being that it's our, our local uh, CMH uh, uh, facility. Now, one of the things that uh, I would ask for those of you who have the ability to do so is to support us uh, with a modest donation. And to do that, uh, you just need to go to extra-life.org slash team slash ready set pwn, where if that link is too hard, it's bit.ly slash 2020 RSP extra life. Sorry, bit.ly slash RSP extra life 2020. It's a good thing I wrote it down. But uh, for those of you who are unable to provide the donation. I get it. Times are tough. Uh, the situation uh, is extremely dynamic. All I'd ask that you maybe do is look for ways to support us. And one of the ways that you can is if you play video games and you have a broadcast account, whether it be on Twitch, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, Facebook, or maybe on Periscope. I don't know. Does Periscope have gaming broadcasts? I'm not sure. Uh, 
Uh, join our Extra Life team. And you can do that at the same link as well. Uh, we will be taking part in Extra Life Game Day. You'll hear us talk more about it uh, as uh, the podcast goes on. Last year, we had some great times. A bunch of us playing uh, Overwatch until Omni started singing. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the singing was great. But it, like... By then we were going sideways, and uh, I know you know a friend of the show, Manate. He was uh, Manate Rajage. He was doing the twenty-four hour stream, and and he did a hardcore. He like he did a full day of like work, and then just started streaming for twenty-four hours. So actually, no rest in between. So technically, you know, a day and a half. Uh, but you know, again, it's good fun. It's a great campaign. It's one that's uh, you know uh, personal to me, but us is here at uh, Ready Set Bone. So what you can do to support Extra Life and uh, BC Children's Hospital Foundation, uh, we truly appreciate it. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, dive into the fray. You know, as I was sort of bouncing my head to the the music that I could hear that the two of you could not, and again, for those of you listening to the podcast, you, nothing's amiss. You just heard the the drop into the fray. If we continue to live stream, I should maybe have a scene that creates something that entertains those who are watching outside of watching the absent-minded look of Omni and Sam as they wait for me to resume, knowing that they can talk again, and me bouncing my head and moving my fingers and dancing along to the music that I hear. I'm just saying, like... If we up the production value a little bit, it, it might be a good thing to, to have. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we could do that thing where, you know, Omni and I count down three, two, one, and then we all listen to the clip together on our own separate devices at the same time. We could, <laughs> we could do that too. Or I could, you know, I could use some of the gear I have and actually have it set up so that it pipes everything through to everyone and what have you, but. Again, not, there are plenty nah. of production woes in, in Overwatch League. We don't have to add our own. <laughs> That's true. Ours is crisp already. Yeah. yeah. So before we get into the week that was, there was a an adjustment that took place to the Overwatch League schedule after we went to live last week, which you know, is par for the course. There's always changes that occur. Though this one, I think, even caught the Overwatch League a little bit by surprise. So China adjusted, uh, well, no, China adjusted, China introduced a, a day of mourning. This was this past Saturday. Uh, and the introduction of that day of mourning uh, meant the Overwatch League needed to adjust their schedule. So instead of playing on Saturday, Sunday, uh, the teams in Asia played Sunday and Monday. So I'm going to go and follow the updated schedule when I go through the results here. Uh, so please don't be alarmed. But uh, kicking off Saturday, we had the Toronto Defiant uh, beat the Washington Justice 3-1. The LA Gladiators beat the Dallas Fuel 3-0. And the San Francisco Shock beat the Los Angeles Valiant 3-1. On Sunday, the Shanghai Dragons beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-0. The Guangzhou Charge beat the Chengdu Hunters 3-2. Paris Eternal beat the Houston Outlaws 3-1. The Philadelphia Fusion beat the Washington Justice 3-0. And the Dallas Fuel beat the LA Valiant 3-2. And then on Monday, we had the Shanghai Dratons beat the Chengdu Hunters 3-1. And the Hangzhou Spark beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-2. As far as the matches to watch, Omni and I told you you needed to watch a San Francisco Shock LA Valiant match, which actually 
even though it was a three, one score, I thought was genuinely entertaining. Uh, And then we sort of split the board the following day where Sam said, watch the charge dragon or spark dragons uh, and valiant fuel. While Omni said, watch the eternal outlaws. I can't say I enjoyed Sunday as much as I did Saturday. uh, Although the valiant fuel match was kind of crazy. Yeah. That was the best one by far. Sam, you got it right. Thank (laughs) you. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes. I like I like that acknowledgement. I appreciate it. Yeah, that game was nuts. Nuts. We, you know, let's talk a little bit you about the Do we start with that one? We, let's just start with that match. The Fuel Valiant? Yeah, first of all, I think it was the first win from the Fuel in more than a year. Their last victory was in their homestand last year. Um, yeah, Valiant finally falling apart like people predicted. Maybe not. It was kind of a tight match throughout uh it was weird because dk said okay i know that that uh torb is a great counter to to tracer but he just couldn't give a damn he killed i think he killed about like 30 or 40 turrets throughout that match so essentially every battle was uh five players from from dallas trying to fight a team a team fight and and dk was just flanking around trying to get uh, the turrets out of the way, and then he had such great efficiency with his pulse bombs, and he just clutched out so many fights that they had no business of winning at all. It was nuts. It was one of the best like carry performances I've ever seen. I don't know how good it is for Dallas to rely that heavily on a on a player like DK. So I'm not really hopeful for Dallas to keep that streak. But man, that guy was scaring so hard on Tracer. He was clutching all those. Lost fights. The Torp hammer kills on note were pretty nice. I liked seeing the chat. Uh, this time, not, not, no uh, no curse words there. Uh, we don't want to have to. Well, okay. no, no body parts. Let's let's, let's <laughs> yeah. acknowledge no, this. No anatomy uh, lessons this time. Well, you know the the fact that chat's visible is a new thing. You could tell, like the moment a match is over, production is like, let's change scenes <laughs> um, just in case, but. I'm sorry. the The words that got used, if we're talking like no fun league level fighting, like it's, I understand it's a slippery slope, and I understand that it, the game itself is marketing itself to a younger audience. But trust me, these kids have seen far worse than that if they've ever played this darn game. Like, it's just trying to put on, you know, a professional uh, look. It doesn't look good when you have like big. 100 million sponsors coming right after that. Like, oh, brought to you by Coca-Cola and bleep, bleep, bleep and all that. Well, no, but like, we didn't see anything like that, though. No, no. Right? no. It, it, the the, the language it was used wasn't, wasn't you know, foul language. It was right. the, the words that were used in... in sure. The, the supposed tone. I mean, yeah. there are words that you would hear in a grade seven science class. I think, you know, the words were one thing, but I think they should have censored that dreamer shatter when he just jumped up on that. <laughs> that was that, that was the point where you had to, like, take your kids out of the living room. That was disgusting. <laughs> one of the, like, best plays I saw. He just, they're standing up there on, on this freaking balcony. He's just trying to hop from, from, from the uh, payload onto that platform, and he just walks into them and just smacks them. Oh, my God. That, that was it. <laughs> Really, really good match throughout. It was really, really. Uh, and hey, amazing. look, look who they finally freed after two seasons, Harry Hook. He's alive. Right? 
He's still yeah, around. Him and Crimzo really looked well in that match. Um, yeah, him, Crimzo, DK, obviously. Doha was fine. Uh, Node had some good plays, but it's definitely was it was a good match uh, from from the support line. So uh, you know, riddle me this: the Dallas field that I saw on on Sunday were like an entirely different Dallas field than I saw <laughs> on Saturday. Is that the fact that they faced a very good LA team Saturday and a not so good LA team on Sunday? Like I. I feel it had more to do with the way Dallas approached the game than it was really the competition they faced. I think it was hard for them to play with all the tears in their eyes when they were just having, when they had to fight against their <laughs> old teammate OG and like, we don't have that tank anymore. And he was so good in that match too. Yeah, I think Gladiators are a bit better competition than, than uh, the Valiant are right now. Maybe at least in that match, and we didn't see like DK say "eff it" and I'm gonna go tracer. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a lot of talent. They're not as coached as well as I think gladiators are. Even OG said in an interview this week where uh, the coaching and gladiators emphasizes the teamwork and synergy from uh, between players more. Where in, in Dallas it was just like more, you know, focused let's, on. Let's watch DK. <laughs> yeah let's exactly exactly right let's just hope that uh our uh what was the the reported number what were the reported numbers like 300k uh a player contract that he was uh I don't know, whatever it was teams were fighting a lot it's so almost like the instructions would have been like if we all pile on and stay still we can become walls for decay to run around and stay alive it worked he finally justifies that big paycheck so yeah yeah, but the, I think, uh, yeah. Sorry, just on the field one more second. The yeah. reason we make fun of them so much is is not because they should be the worst team in the league. Their their roster is is decent, average. I I wouldn't say great. I'm not going to you know overcompensate right. on one game, but but you know they they have some standout players. And we saw. I keep mentioning this is probably like a third time I've mentioned it against the Shock in the first game of the season eons ago. Like they looked pretty good. Yeah. And and they're capable of playing like that. The problem is, much like many years of us being Canucks fans, they <laughs> show up when they show up, and when they don't, they look terrible. And and that's why you know us not being fans of the field specifically, and plus you know their their coaching staff being more arrogant, blah blah blah, all the all the noise and all that stuff. It's just so much easier to make fun of them versus say season one Shanghai Dragons when they were more pitiful than anything, and it was kind of yeah. bad to make fun of them. Yeah. I, it, it, you mentioned the Shanghai Dragon, Dragons, and I just wanted to mention that it's very similar when when a team comes from this really, really awful, like abysmal season. And in, despite the fact that they brought in so much talent, there was a time there in season two where everybody was still waiting on them to to win a game. So there's, I don't know how, what, what you're going to call it, like a scar tissue or a cocoon. You got to drop off all the dead skin. So there's this culture of winning that you got to like make the players believe that they're on a good team and it takes a while. So maybe it's, it's like a first step in, in the right direction. Uh, maybe some more, uh, you know, weaker teams that need to play against and win. I'm not sure, but uh, they do have some talent there and hopefully they find a system that works, not just waiting for decay to kill like three people every, <laughs> every fight. So just to quickly scan through on Saturday, uh, Defiant looked decent against the Justice. Uh, the Defiant team that we're, we're seeing this season looks better than the one we saw last season. 
I think even Sam would concede You're just that trying point. to like disregard the fact that the cr- curse might have been broken. What curse? They've they've been winning. Well, I was so far from that match. I don't even know the score. Have you seen uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder? Uh, they're the team playing the team dressed up like the other team. No, the other thing. You never go full attack torb. <laughs> and that's what Corey did. Like, every map it was attack torb. What's wrong with attack torb? It's just like the attack anna I was playing with. <laughs> they, they should have adjusted there a little bit. Yeah. But the uh, the match that I found most entertaining on, uh, was the San Francisco Shock LA Valiant match on mm-hmm. Saturday. So the 3-1 score almost makes you think, oh, the Shock had this all the way. No, they didn't. The Valiant in my mind, lost this more than the Shock won. Okay. Now, the Shock did make one small... Well, I mean, they made a couple changes. Rascal. I mean, we, we saw Choi come into to the game, but it's the Try addition not. of Rascal. The moment Rascal came in, it was an entirely different San Francisco Shock. Um, once he was there, the Valiant struggled, and the Shock were able to, to clutch up uh, and, and carry the play. The Valiant put up a fight, but I think Rascal was the the difference maker, which begs the question, why has it taken so long for Rascal to get in? Is there something there or is that just a matter of they have far too many players and at some point in time, good ones need to sit? Too many cooks? I don't know. It seems like they're still not focused. They're, they're obviously not at the level they're supposed to be with all that talent. Their alt, alt usage is questionable. Uh, it seemed like everything comes much harder for them this year than, than last year where everything was like so natural and free flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to rely on, on plays from, from Rascal and Choi. It's not like a whole team playing there. It seems like that hive mind that they developed, like the ones we saw, they kind of play like the Titans did in the last stages of, of last year, even despite us winning games all the time until mm-hmm. the very last game, right? In the finals. It still felt like a weaker team. And I feel like now with uh, the hero uh, pool meta and all that, they kind of have some sort of uncertainty there that kind of trickles in. They are a good team still, and obviously they are the main contender, but they're definitely not nowhere near what they should be. Sunday, any other matches we want to talk about there before we get into the week that will be? Uh, Shanghai looks good. Um, we already sort of talked yeah, about Paris, Philly also look good. Nothing to really say there. Uh, Chengdu, they lost. They just threw away a match against Guangzhou. Mm-hmm. The two, three, it, they actually, I guess we should say Sunday, Monday. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that were in the morning. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm still talking about the matches that were played. And yeah, no, but that's why it's just like the Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Cause sure. I, I didn't stay up late to watch those. Unlike Sam. Lip is looking really good on Shanghai back to that game. I think he's the one that really carries the load. Everybody works. Everybody was expecting the flood of deadlift all the time, but it, it seems like he was actually a difference maker against the, the spark. He's a really good Sombra. He said he played poorly on the Sombra that day. <laughs> but he Lip. But oh, he, he was hitting an alt like every 40 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, his expectation, it's every 35. <laughs> yeah. I guess the other Sombra, who was it? Uh, Bozzy or Do- no, it was Bazi. Uh, I think it, yeah, it was Bazi. Dora was on. on, on Whoever the... it was was not as good. Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So let's uh, let's get into the week that will be. 
so first and foremost, uh, we sort of talked about it already when we were talking about uh, the bands in uh, the payload. But band this week are Diva, Reaper, Sombra, and Anna. This week, these were not chosen by a cat. No, they were chosen at random. Uh, I actually thought the the way that uh, uh, well, uh, Nicholas brought uh, they they actually brought some you know semblance of uh, professionalism to it. But I'm not knocking the entertainment value of having your cat, you know, ban May. <laughs> so who's playing this weekend? Well, kicking off the weekend at 1 a.m. Pacific is the Hangzhou Spark versus the Chengdu Hunters, followed by the Vancouver Titans and Guangzhou Charge at 3 a.m. 1 p.m. Pacific is the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Paris Eternal. Uh, 3 p.m. is the Houston Outlaws at, against the uh, Boston Uprising. 5 p.m. is the Washington Justice and Dallas Fuel. Then on Sunday, kicking off the... Uh, evening, morning, whatever you want to say, is at 1 a.m. the Chengdu Hunters and your Vancouver Titans. Uh, 3 a.m. is the Shanghai Dragons and the Guangzhou Charge. At 1 p.m. is the Houston Outlaws, the Toronto Defiant. 3 p.m. is the Philadelphia Fusion, the Atlanta uh, Reign. And then at 5 p.m. is the San Francisco Shock and LA Gladiators. As far as the matches to watch, I told everyone that they need to watch the Hangzhou Spark Chengdu Hunters match. Not because I think it's going to be a good one. It's because I'm going to be watching it if I'm going to stay up and watch the Titans at 3. <laughs> Uh, Omni, you said to watch the Justice Fuel on Saturday, and then you and I both agreed to watch the Shot Gladiators on Sunday. Sam, no idea what he's going to watch this weekend. About that Washington Justice-Dallas game, I selected before that Philly against Paris, because that's obviously a good matchup between two good teams. But then I thought, well, I want to see DK kill turrets again. So hopefully we'll see some of that. Oh, I, okay, if we see more Torb, this week, I, I would be completely shocked. And I'm not talking about situational Torb. I think, you know, you might see a situational Torb, but like this past weekend, uh, attack, defend, payload, control, uh, hybrid didn't matter. Torb seemed to be the answer. Like it was, it was unreal. Aardvark pays off. <laughs> no, Don't this week I'm entirely focused on the Titans. So if I <laughs> want to watch more matches, I'll just rewatch the Titans matches. It's <laughs> a good, good plan. Yeah, but again, uh, we're curious for those of you who uh, are going to be staying up late or getting up early. How are you approaching these Vancouver Titans matches, or really these Asian matches? If you're wanting to watch those teams, I know for some of you the time might be convenient, but for those of us in North America, it's a little more difficult. So let us know uh, at Ready Set Bone on uh, Twitter and RSP Quarter or in Titans Court, or you can drop us an email and all sorts of other ways to, to get in touch. As far as Overwatch League news, probably the biggest news um, based on events, we're not going to get too much into the issue itself, <clears throat> is that the uh, Boston Uprising have terminated the contract of Muffin, uh, or Muffin. And he did some things that he may or may not be fessing up to. He shared a long explanation. I was trying to think of another adjective to describe it. I did not get through all of it. Um, You're not the only one. It's, it's, it's a sad situation. I mean, it's obviously, I'm not trying to take away from its potential impact. Uh, It's just, it's not something that, that anyone really wants to see, especially uh, when it comes to like a, a top tier game like this. And what is it with the uprising? Like this is now, Strong curse. Yeah, like, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think, Sam, I'm going to steal your words that uh, you dropped in in Titan's (laughs) Chord, but, you know, everyone is responsible for their actions. Um, And it has yet to occur to me that 
he has really owned up to them and whether or not, okay. And okay, maybe it's allegedly, but the uprising terminating the contract, that doesn't just happen. Contracts just don't go and say, yeah, sorry. There needs to be some mechanism to allow that to take place. And it might be very, um, team side, you know, sided where it's like a, a morality clause or a clause that allows, like if you put, you know, bad press on us, we're, we're going to send you away, but sure. I'm sorry. It's, it's not looking good. And I don't think you, you return from this. Like here is someone who is going to be a pro video gamer, like this type of situation, no other organization I can ever imagine wants to touch us with the 20 foot pole. Or you should return. Yeah. That's a, a good yeah. decision by, and, but it's like on the uprising. I think we keep saying that they're they're cursed, but like I put some responsibility on them too, mm-hmm. right? Like we talk a lot about what are the Titans doing for its players. Um, sometimes we we we're critical, and sometimes we we sing praises uh, on both sides, right? But the the uprising this is this is two times now, right? Like this is not okay. Whether whether like who's right and who's wrong like let's forget about that this is two separate unrelated cases now so what are the uprising doing to educate its players to become first of all professionals but secondly like they are teens they are young like you're teaching them to become adults Mm -hmm. so so like i do put onus on on the leadership crew there like what what in the world are they doing um if they're not going to be responsible for their own personal gaming brand then what about the brand in that you wear the jersey for the brand that's paying you like you know they they have a responsibility to both those parties right and you know honestly in in situations like this i would be like have some respect for yourself as well and and other people just in general like there there's just a lack of overall respect and 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 i'm sorry if i sound a little bit tilted but like to me like like there there's so many issues in this world um that i'd rather be be focusing on and talking about but these like in my opinion, I'm sorry, can be avoided with with proper surroundings, with proper education, mm-hmm. people making better choices. Um, yeah, I agree. If it's if it has been, I partially agree because it, it is correct into some nature of of other offenses that might have occurred, like the one we saw with Crystal. But but when you talk about something of, of this nature, uh, you should have scouted a little bit better. I think. Um, I remember a thread somebody posted on, on Reddit that like someone actually predicted the next one, if it ever happens, it's going to be this guy because there were some things about him that, that were known. And I think in Boston should have been like more, more uh, um, prudent, you know, prudent about exactly. But like you said, it could be a culture, uh, like organizational cultural thing. We, we saw some disturbing uh, uh, things pop out in traditional sports as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like toxic competitive environment like that remind you who, who the owner of of uh the boston uprising is robert Kraft. yeah mm. i'll just leave it at that if you, if you need it if you need to google google the name you'll you'll figure things <laughs> so, out pretty quick maybe it did have some impact maybe it did not it just like you know well no but i think that you know it's not just we're not trying to to suggest that this is no. happening but it it goes to the where there is smoke, there is often fire. And that often then also from an organizational perspective speaks to the organizational culture. Um, and I think, you know, this sort of reinforces how what we've heard from the Vancouver Titans is here's what we want these these kids to be. We want them to be professionals, but we want to set them up for success beyond 
where they are today um, and providing them, you know, the educational support, the wellness support. Like it, it's just, there's a way to go about it. And I think the Titans are on the, by far on, on in, the right in path. In any organization, any role, whenever like an organization brings a person on board, especially if it's like in, in a very like elite level of a role, like the top, one percent of the entire population you got to vet these uh, players a little yeah. bit harder or candidates yeah and think we're... about how hard we were on on the fisher signing right like right or wrong whatever whatever works out whether fisher works out or not like you know the fan base was on the team and the team made sure hopefully did, did its due diligence and what, what was that over him being toxic him tilting like him leaving the team like all stuff that's you know in performance the, based yeah yeah more performance based much more artificial than the stuff that we're talking about right now right yeah. so it's unfortunate the other changes that we're seeing uh, in the the league, uh, I mean, it's sort of hand in hand. We saw a number of uh, retirement announcements, which may or may not be tied to the fact that Valorant is uh, currently gone into to beta, <laughs> uh, private beta for those who are lucky enough to score one of the you know few keys that seems to be available to those watching on Twitch. But uh, we've seen a drastic change on the tier two scene. I mean, we would have to go an entire podcast to outline everything that has happened. But the one note that I had in our, our, our notes here was that the Toronto Defiant have dropped the Montreal Rebellion. Uh, so that was their tier two academy team. Um, why this, you know, is a topic that I wanted to get into is one, you know, me, Toronto Defiant, I like talking about them, but I think it's indicative of where the Overwatch League currently sits. There is a lot going on in this world. There's a, there's financial instability that's taking place yeah. from an organizational or a league perspective. And here you have, you know, a team that went out and, or an organization that went out and acquired all of these properties, suddenly deciding this is a cost center that we no longer wish to support. And, you know, we talked a lot about this going into the season, how Toronto is really trying to sort of slap that uh, maple leaf on their chest. They had the Canadian roster. They were really, you know, trumpeting the fact that they had the Canadian Academy team. And now they've just said, yeah, we pulled the plug. And I mean, the team's done. Like the the majority of the the players retired. It's unfortunate. There are like a lot of things that go into that. Like you said, there's this new uh, game coming up. So everybody's super excited. I'm not sure if everybody was like going out and uh, on Twitter, if it weren't for Valorant saying, Oh, announcing the fact they're retiring mm-hmm. from the video game, which is kind of silly. Like I think XQC was actually this, the same voice in the room when you just said on the stream, I, I don't see what they're doing. Like, why are you announcing that you're retiring from this game? But for tier two, we always knew it was like very uh, hard to support as is, even when things were going well. And as we know, COVID and everything else is having such a good, huge impact on on, on everything. You mm-hmm. think the G League, the second uh, league for the NBA, is doing well right now? <laughs> I, I you can bet that they're, they they're not doing great. It's always tier one and somewhere like underneath it's tier two is not really underneath tier one. And in terms of financial stability, it's yeah. always way, 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 way lower. So these are the first things to get hurt the most. We're actually lucky to even have overwatch league, not canceled entirely on us. So it, it's expected. It's unfortunate, but hopefully 
uh, once everything goes back to normal, uh, these teams find that financial platform or stability to to build off of. But as is right now, I think it's a lot of, very, very knee-jerky in terms of, oh, boo-hoo, Overwatch is a dead game and all that. But we, we don't know what, what Valorant is going to turn into. It might be a really fun game, but... It might be, but it's not Overwatch. Like, yeah. you know, I... I, I... I, I've talked about this in previous episodes. I struggle when blanket statements are made about this is the such yeah. and such killer. Right? The how Apex was the Fortnite battle royale killer, right, right. and yeah. these games come and go. And Overwatch, while it doesn't have that same following it used to, it's still there in a way because people really, really like it. I think Doctor Disrespect actually said something about, and he he came into Overwatch fairly recently. He's stuck somewhere in like silver and 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 gold. He said, like, well, it's hard to, for someone to, to spectate, and he compared it to Valorant. It's a really fun game to play, despite the fact that he's really suffering in that game a lot. It's a game that you love and hate in a way, and I don't mm-hmm. think like Valorant has that. It's something that's really hard to point at. Is it the visual design? Is it the characters? Uh, but it's it's you hate yourself for it, but you'll play like twenty games, and you you want to just break your computer. But at one game, you get that just goes perfectly. It's like it's worth everything, and and I think it it's also similar in in a way, and even more so when you watch, uh, when you spectate the sport as, as a viewer. As for uh, Valorant, I I did have those uh, streams open in the background, and I do want to get that key, and we're not gonna all try it out. But man, mm-hmm. it's rough just just looking at other people play it. Yeah. Well, Maybe no, it, it's not built. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's not built for a spectator. Game. So it's not people say, oh, it's a, an Overwatch killer. It's not. It's not close to Overwatch. It's more in line with uh, CS with some, you know, some some skills. Animal, if you, Animal Crossing's an Overwatch killer. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Overwatch I mean, will come out and <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and the thing to consider: Overwatch as we know it today is in the downswing. Overwatch right. Two is on the horizon, and so long as Overwatch Two is on that horizon, and we're getting closer to it we're sort of in this, you know, sort of lame duck period with a game that's not dying. It's just, it's going through an evolution. It's, it's a metamorphosis that's going to take place. And there are people who are finding sort of the new and shiny um, Valorant. Yeah, I'll play it. It's not my type of game. I was never into CS. Like it was CS was not my style of game whatsoever. In fact, like back in the day when I, my brother and I would play it, uh, my brother who was really good at the game essentially used me as bait. I was the guy that, you know, you know, hey, uh, hey, Chris, uh, go run around that corner. Okay, boom. And then my brother would know where they were. And then he'd like, uh, you know, yeah. snipe them or whatever. But like, that was, that wasn't fun for me. I, I enjoy playing Overwatch. I enjoy the game, but it's, it's the people I get to play with. It's when, you know, we're, we're playing together. We're doing stupid stuff. When, uh, you know, front of the show, Smith Storm, uh, when I announced to him, yeah, I'm going to go do something stupid. He's like, oh my God, please, please. Stupidity. <laughs> you know, I, I'm empowered. To 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 enjoy the the small stuff about it. I actually uh, opened CS for the very first time today. I've never done that before. I I bought well, the game years ago. I just I don't know why I never played it. And it, it yeah. And so how long did you play it? Mm, Twenty minutes. Wow. It felt very dated. So so I think if anybody's got to be worried, it's got to be the Valve guys. But I do have to say that I'm impressed by by Riot's rollout by their ability to create hype. Um, will it sustain? Like probably not to the degree that you see it on day one, but I think it's impressive nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And I think there's I think, a lot of lessons Blizzard could learn from them, frankly speaking. Yeah, I think Valve has lost the ability to worry about anything a long, long time ago. 
They're just covered in heaps of cash, too. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I can't hear you. I've got you know, $100 bills. <laughs> um, speaking of Overwatch, though, a patch was rolled out. Uh, what's interesting about the patch is that most of the changes were present in Experimental uh, just a week ago. And then, those cha- again, most of those changes got pushed out. We didn't see a PTR of it. It was truly experimental to live. I get that experimental was used to sort of iterate and do some crazy things a little bit quicker. But this this is much quicker than I would have expected. I'm not going to go through all of the, uh, the changes uh, myself. Uh, but uh, you had Ash and Genji, who were buff-ish, and I say ish because there were some some changes sort of down, but for the most part, it's a buff. You had Farah and May who were kind of nerf-ish. And again, it's not to suggest they were completely nerfed. There was sort of some changes. Um, the big one on May, though, is that her, her primary fire uh, has, has been reduced. You can't just run around freezing the world. Um, the Rhine nerf, I'm confused by because they... And, and it could be that maybe I'm not seeing the big picture here, but you had Reinhardt, uh, his knockback or re- knockback reduction up to 50%. They've knocked it back down to 30%. Was that so much of an issue? Was like Reinhardt not being able to be booped a problem? Uh, yes, but they didn't like completely canceled it, right? It just reduced no, it, it a little bit. It reduced it, but that's the thing. Like, like to me, of, of all the changes, that's the one that catches it, because I think there's other areas that the development team should be focused on. Like, I had never heard any yeah. feedback. Oh, my God, Reinhardt broken. Can't boop him anymore. You're just deaf to those criticisms of your favorite hero. Yeah. Uh, just to <laughs> uh, jump into chat here, this is pre-recorded. No, not at all. And that was a comment uh, that uh, we got in the live stream. Uh, we're just focused on uh, recording the episode for the podcast. That's sort of why we were, we're doing what we're doing, but I appreciate you jumping in and you are correct. Source was the better version of, of Counter-Site to CSGO is, is, is a, it was, it was the commercial uh, experience, the competitive scene, at least in my mind. Um, the, uh, hmm. Last thing is, you know, where it stands right now, are, are we going to continue to see these minor tweaks? Do you see any major change? I mean, we had a we have a new hero coming that I would imagine results in some form of balance change. But this is this is the new world, right? It's yeah. just the small tweaks. So again, Sam, think- back to your bet. Just saying. Hey, uh, if Overwatch two comes out, I'll talk with the Defiant for an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think it's part of, of of Echo just coming in the the Ash uh, buff for 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 a certain. She's not really seeing any playtime despite yeah. uh, hero bands and and whatnot. I really like playing Ash. I think it's a long time coming. This mm-hmm. this uh, buff, yeah, I'm happy about it. I really so, don't like Ash. <laughs> I don't like Bob either. Can well, I mute you? See, this is the thing is like I <laughs> between a McCree and an Ash, I prefer an Ash. And not that I'm good at either one of them, but <laughs> I prefer I if I especially when I'm in Mr. Heroes, if I get an ash, I'm like, oh fun. Let me go and, you know, empty an entire rifle uh, cartridge into nothing because I can't hit the broadside. And then like, of the it bar. takes it takes like a week to reload. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, so here we are at the end of the episode. Uh, for those of you who tuned into the live stream, again, thank you for tuning in. For those of you who have yet to tune in, I hope that you do in the future. Uh, we aren't going to have a live stream next week, and again, is due to some scheduling uh, changes that we're having to make, but we will have a regularly scheduled podcast episode that you will see go live Wednesday, high noon Pacific, as they normally do. Now, before I go and ask for those final words of wisdom, just a few uh, things or housekeeping items I, I'd always share each and every episode. The first one is about to reviews. If you go and review our podcast on Podchaser, and the easiest way to do that is to go to podchaser.com slash racehipnom. They actually have a, a, a sort of fundraising campaign that uh, will donate a quarter uh, to the United States Meals on Wheels COVID-19 uh, fund uh, for every review left. And then if we reply to that review, uh, another additional quarter is, is donated. Now you might think, uh, a couple quarters is not a whole lot, but see the power of you at the for, you know, at the force of nature, leaving those reviews for our podcast makes those quarters add up. And it's not just our podcast that you can review on, on Podchaser. You can review any other podcast that you might uh, listen to so long as it's there. So I encourage you to go to podchaser.com slash The incentive Podchaser is donating some money for the next uh, essentially week, week and a half. Uh, and the second uh, bonus is that as we are apt to do, we will read that review verbatim on the following episode from the review being left. Uh, it could be a great review. It could be a horrible review. We'll read them all. And the only change that we might make is to the language that you might use. Because again, I would prefer that we don't go and get ourselves put in the explicit category of any of the podcast apps that you're listening to. Now, if you want to hear yourself, on a future episode. The easiest way to go about that is to send us a message. Now, there are two different ways to go and send a message. The first one is by using a phone. You can dial 1-604-409-3324. That's 1-604-409-3324. You can send a text message, or you can drop us a voicemail. Or if you want to do it straight on any device that you happen to be using, go to voicelink.fm slash phone. You can send us a message there, a text message. You can also record a message that we can then, in turn, play in a future episode. Uh, thoughts on the podcast, thoughts on something we said, thoughts on the fact that Sam hates the Titans suddenly and we don't quite understand why. Pretty much there is nothing in the way of you sharing uh, some of your own words of wisdom. So as we are wrapping things up, what final words do you wish to share with uh, all of our listeners there, Ani? A May nerf flattens the curve. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. Uh, Sam, how about you? I'm going to quote our good friend uh, Daybok Owl. Just remember that there are two types of owl players right now, Valorant or Animal Crossers. <laughs> uh, as for me, uh, thank you for obviously tuning in uh, each and every week. Uh, I also want to give a huge shout out to all of you that helped us break the uh, 9,000 download uh, barrier. We are well on our way to the 10k mark. Uh, it is phenomenal the amount of support that we've seen from you, our listeners. Uh, and again, we do it because uh, not only do we enjoy hearing our voices, but it's the feedback that we receive from you, the community we've we've built uh, around the podcast, uh, whether it be in, in Titans Chord or even in uh, RSP Chord. And if you feel that you're not yet part of that community, join our Discord. Uh, easiest way to do that is discord.io slash pump. So on behalf of myself at Lightforce, also known as Chris, Sam at another Sam Chan, who still needs his key to Valorant, and Omni at Omni Strife, I'm going to sign off this episode with those magical two words, catchphrase. 
Thank you.